This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. Almost every day we have people tell us, this is the first time I've seen Getting to Know Your Bible. I know there's some watching now for the first time. Please stay tuned. We appreciate those that watch every time we're on the air. Uh, today we're going to be discussing a topic that I believe is so needful today. One I believe will help us all. We want to talk about prayer. What does the Bible tell us about prayer? I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today on our telecast, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. We have so many people that are studying this course, people that are telling us it's one of the finest things that they've done for themselves to study the Bible in this fashion. And we want you to have this Bible course that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive the Bible course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214 I want to read now from the 7th chapter of Matthew and I'm going to begin reading in verse 7 I'll be reading through the 11th verse Ask and it shall be given you Seek and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? There are so many blessings that God wants to confer upon his people. But there are many blessings that we miss because we do not pray. We do not ask for those blessings. He's capable and willing and desirous of blessing us, but we don't pray about it. That the Bible teaches over and over that we ought to be a people of prayer. The disciples in Luke 11 and 1 asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. They wanted to learn how to pray. In Luke 18 and 1, Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray ye one for another that you may be healed. 
The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. 1 Peter 3 and 12 reads, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And then there's 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, a passage that is not modified in any way by the context. You know, sometimes in studying a particular passage of Scripture, in order to understand that verse, you have to read maybe the verses before it, the verses after it, to understand the context of the passage. This one just stands on its own. It just simply says, pray without ceasing. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22. Jesus said, Whatsoever shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. So you see what these verses are telling us, that we should be people of prayer. But what do we mean when we use the word prayer? And what is a prayer? Well, I think some people have the idea that prayer is, is, is when you get up and you make some kind of a stump speech to God. And maybe you're telling God what you want and how you would like to have things. And prayer is not a substitute for doing what God said. It's not a substitute for obedience. And prayer is not an opportunity for us to shake our fist in the face of God and tell God what to do. And prayer is not just a desire that we have. Prayer is the heart's cry for help. It's the heart's cry for relief. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 66 in verse 1. Hear my cry. Attend unto my prayer. So prayer is when our hearts cry out to God. Hebrews 4 and verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly, before the throne of grace, that, that we may obtain mercy to find, and grace to find, and, and, to, to, and obtain help in time of need. You see, we can come boldly before God's throne of grace, and, and that's where we find help when we need help. Prayer was always important in the life of our Lord. Mark 1.35 says that he would rise up early in the morning, he would go out into a solitary place and there he would pray. He was the praying Christ. And the apostles were people of prayer. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul said, this I pray that, that your love may, uh, in verse 9 rather, that your love may abound yet more and more. And so uh, uh, Paul was praying for the Philippian church. And beware of the preacher who does not spend more time on his knees praying to God. The apostles were praying men. A man was working on the street one day and he was breaking up stones and breaking up concrete with a big uh, air hammer. And a preacher happened to walk by and he was watching the man, he was just working and breaking up stones and breaking up concrete into small pieces with that air hammer. And when the man stopped to rest for a while, the preacher said, I wish I could break the hearts of men 
as easily with the gospel as you do with that air hammer while you're down there on your knees with it. And the man looked up at the preacher because the man was down on his knees with that air hammer and he was working and hot and tired, sweaty. And he told the preacher, he said, you might break their hearts if you spent more time on your knees. And we need to break the hearts of men today and we start by doing what Paul did for the church at Philippi by being men of prayer. Gospel preachers ought to be men of prayer. Early Christians prayed. On the very day that the church began in Acts chapter 2, they continued steadfastly apostles' doctrine fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. In the 12th chapter of Acts in verse 5, Peter was in prison. And rather than the church scattering because of fear, rather than wringing their hands, they gathered together and the whole church prayed for Peter. And guess what happened? Peter got out of jail. So you see, prayer is so important. One of the reasons prayer is important is because God has commanded that we pray. Men ought always to pray, Luke 18 and 1, and not to faint. Sometimes we faint and we fail to pray. But we, we have been commanded to pray. Prayer is man talking to God talking to the Father. And the Father wants to hear from the children. And so we need to pray because God has asked to hear from us. He wants us to pray. And we need to pray because this is the way that we have needs met in our lives. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says, You have not. Well, why not? Because you ask not. Go back to our text in Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse 7 again. Ask, ask, and what will happen? It shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Verse 8. Everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And then in verse 9 he said, Of what man is there of you that if his son would ask of him bread, would he give him a stone? A man wouldn't do that. If his son was hungry and wanted some bread to eat, he wouldn't give him a rock. Then verse 10, if he would ask for a fish, would he give him a serpent? If his son said, I'm hungry, here's your daughter, your daughter is hungry and wants some fish to eat. Would you turn around and give that child a snake, a poisonous viper? No. Verse 11. If then you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, and even evil people give good gifts to their children. He said, how much more? Do you notice that? How much more? Over and above what you would do, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, Give good things to them that ask Him. You see, God wants us to pray because this is the way that we obtain the things that we need. You have not, why not? Because you have not asked. And when we ask, you receive. 
Now, God doesn't always answer the prayers that we pray just exactly like we want. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says wait a while. When he says wait a while, that is, the prayer's not answered immediately, God may know in the great scheme of things that we're not yet ready to receive the answer to that prayer. He, he might know what's best for us when he says no. And sometimes God answers that prayer by saying yes, and the prayer is answered. But there's still an answer to our prayers. Sometimes we need to stop and pray like this, to, to ask God to withhold from us things that would not be good for us. And sometimes we have things that come our way that are not the best thing for us. We need to ask God to withhold those things from us. And even to defeat us in, in things that we might do that would be wrong, that would be sinful, that would be contrary to His will. Well, that's still an answer if we would pray like that. Now, another reason to pray is because this is the way that, that you can overcome difficulties and trouble in your life. I call your attention to a passage in the book of Philippians. Chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known, known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we pray about everything. We don't worry about anything. And God will give us the peace that passes all understanding. And so, so many of the problems that we have in life could be overcome if we would pray. So the Bible teaches that prayer is so important in our lives. But now that raises a question, does it pay for people to pray? Is there any benefit to prayer? Is it profitable for an individual to pray? Well, I would say that it's not profitable for wicked people to pray. Let me read some verses to you that point that out. First of all, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 9, where the Bible says, Whoso turneth his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. If a man turns his ear away from the law of God, that man's prayer is an abomination. Somebody says, well, what does that mean? Well, I want you to think with me just logically. If a man refuses to listen to God, why would God want to listen to that man? In Psalm 66 and, and in verse 18, the psalmist said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So it doesn't pay for a person to pray if they're not listening to God and if they harbor sin in their life. Because the psalmist said, the Lord will not hear me. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, those passages are out of the Old Testament. Let me read you the same principle from the New Testament. First Peter chapter 3, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. 
In other words, they can pray, but God is not listening to that prayer. And so it is profitable to pray, but it's not profitable for people to pray if they refuse to listen to God. It is profitable for a righteous person to pray. Listen to James 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray ye one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You see, the prayers of righteous people are prayers that avail. Listen to Psalms chapter 34 and verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Think about that verse. Psalms 34 and verse 17. Let me read it to you again. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Who does he deliver out of all of their troubles? The righteous. When does he deliver the righteous out of all of their troubles? When they cry out. When they ask for help. So you see, there is power in prayer. It does pay for a person to pray. And we need to be people of prayer. Well, someone says, well, if that's the case, how are we supposed to pray? Well, I think we ought to pray with confidence. Uh, don't, 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 don't pray for someone to get well and say, Lord, I pray, pray that you will bless John or Mary or, or Jim or Sue and, and help them, Lord, to get off their sick bed. And then a few minutes after you get through praying, don't shake your head and say, I just don't think they'll ever recover. Well, that's not having confidence in your prayer. I want to read a passage to you from 1 John, the 5th chapter, and in verse number 14. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 14, John writes, This is the confidence that we have in Him. Well, what is that confidence, John? That if we ask anything, we ask what? Anything. According to His will, He heareth us. That's the kind of praying we ought to do. We ought to pray with confidence. We ought to have confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, now there's the condition, according to His will, He hears us. Now let me go ahead and read verse 15. And if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So John says we ought to pray with confidence. And we can have the confidence that whatever we ask, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Do you pray with confidence or do you pray in doubt? Do you pray in doubt that it's going to do any good? I've had people to tell me they doubted it does any good to pray. I, I've known of people who thought that prayer was nothing more than just, just verbal gymnastics. In other words, just repeating something. It doesn't amount to anything. Nothing's going to happen. But we just pray because God said just to pray. But the Bible teaches that it pays for a person to pray and we ought to pray with confidence. 
and we need to pray according to the will of God. Go back to 1 John chapter 5 again. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, when we pray, it must be in harmony with his will. If I were to pray a prayer to God and ask God to do something that was contradictory to what he teaches in the Bible, well, then God is not going to honor that prayer. He's not going to hear that prayer. My prayer must be in harmony or according to his will if I want God to hear that prayer. Uh, another condition of an acceptable prayer is it needs to be in the name of our Lord. In John chapter 14 and verse 14, Jesus said, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So our prayers need to be in the name of Jesus Christ. I know of those who began their prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. And probably more frequently, people end their prayers in the name or by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to pray in the name of Christ. Now, to pray... We need to be righteous people. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. For, for God to, uh, ear, God's ears to be open to my prayers, I must live a life of righteousness. And the, the, the David in the Psalms, in the 119th Psalm, verse 172, said, all thy commandments are righteousness. So I can't be living a disobedient life and expect God to hear and to answer my prayers. But when I pray, I need to pray with a heart that's willing to forgive other people that might sin against me. Over in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 15, Jesus said, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so if we want to be forgiven, when we pray to God for forgiveness, we need to make certain that we have a heart of forgiveness toward people who have offended us, who have sinned against us. But then we need to pray with a proper reason, a proper motive in mind, the proper purpose. In James, the fourth chapter, in verse 3, the Bible says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Someone says, well, what does that mean? I said, just simply talking about a person who prays a selfish prayer. And the reason their prayer is not answered is because they have prayed a selfish prayer. They were not thinking about glorifying God when they prayed. They were not thinking the overall good to mankind when they prayed. They were just thinking about themselves. Maybe here's an individual who is praying for the economy to improve. Are they praying for the economy to improve because they're concerned about men and women that are out of work and children that are going without the necessities of life because things are so hard at home? Are they praying for the recovery of the economy because they want all of the investments that they have made to, to go out of the top of the ceiling. 
You see, that'd be a selfish prayer. And I think we ought to be praying about the economy today. I think we need to be praying for people today that are out of work. We need to be praying for people to be able to find jobs and then jobs be created today so men and women can get back to work. But it's not so that it will help me, but it's that it will help other people. Don't pray a selfish prayer. God is not going to honor a selfish prayer. And if I expect God to hear my prayers, I must live a life of obedience, as we've already mentioned. But let me read to you 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments. Whatever we ask of Him, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments. Prayer is important. Now let me mention that prayer although it is important, does not set aside the requirements of the gospel of Christ. On the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he prayed for those who were crucifying him that God would forgive them. But that prayer of Jesus did not set aside the need for those people to obey the gospel. And there were some 3,000 of them that did on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. They were told to re repent of their sins and to be baptized for the remission of their sins. And about 3,000 of them did it. Even though Jesus had prayed for their forgiveness, they had to obey the gospel. In Acts the 10th chapter, we're told that Cornelius was a man that feared God. He was a man who would pray to God. But the fact that he was a good man, a praying man, did not set aside his need to obey the gospel. In the 10th chapter of Acts, in verses 47 and 48, Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized. So they still had to obey the gospel in spite of the fact that Cornelius, in all probability, led his family in prayer to God. You see, prayer is not a substitute for doing what God said. Well, how, how long of a prayer list do you have? Well, what do you pray about? We ought to pray for forgiveness. We ought to pray for, for families. We ought to pray for the nation. There are so many things for which we ought to be praying today. Why not make a prayer list and begin to pray for certain things on that prayer list? Prayer is important. And the poet once said, more things are wrought by prayer than the world dreams of. There is power in prayer to change things. And there's power in prayer to change people and change lives today. May God help us to be a people of prayer. Would you become a Christian today by believing on Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, be baptized into Christ for the remission of those sins? I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to 
Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Oh,